Hey, welcome to uh, Street Fight. Uh, it's every listen. This is a mashup of Street Fight and Everything Elite because me and Brett have been to every one of the uh, All Elite Wrestling shows. And uh, we watched the thing on TV, so I said, who would be better to talk to about this as soon as it's over? I mean, we're talking, it would have been a half hour after it was over, but it's 46 minutes after it over. I have Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis, and Mike Spears from Everything Elite, and Brett Payne here, and we're going to talk about wrestling. Hi, guys. Hey, Brian. Hello, uh, Street Fight Universe. It's not a universe. It's a... Well, I was going to say a nation, but it's not a nation either, so I don't really know what it is. Uh, commune, maybe? I don't know. So uh, everything all everything elite is in a is a podcast about... Tell them about your podcast, please. Nate. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have a uh, podcast. It's myself, Mike, uh, Aaron Bentley, and uh, occasional pop-ins from uh, Aaron Taub, famous uh, queen socialist. Um, and yeah, we do weekly podcasts about the new all elite wrestling promotion. Um, basically because we, uh, do not like the WWE. So, um, it's a very exciting for us to have a new major league television promotion to discuss. And, uh, yeah, you can find us, uh, we're on the voices of wrestling network. We also have our own feed. Uh, I think it's redcircle.com slash show slash everything dash elite is where we're at. Did I miss anything, Mike? No, I think you handled it pretty well. Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Uh, yeah, we've been... Uh, we get we've to hear it on the street. We get to hear it on the street fight yeah. feed. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Your famous catchphrase on my feed now is very exciting for me. And <laughs> it, it apparently, people love the catchphrase. I just said it once, and then at Bentley just was like... Oh, my, my wife loves the catchphrase. You should keep it up. So <laughs> I just do it. But but yeah, we've been doing this since the announcement in early January. And it's been a weekly thing. I run into y'all actually at in Vegas and up in Chicago for all elite shows. But it's been a lot of fun talking with my friends about this promotion that for the first time in almost 20 years is offering a real alternative to the little Trump fundraiser. So it's really kind of exciting to see this take off and actually have like decent weekly television for wrestling. It's something that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask, uh, as far as the podcast goes, so what have you been covering like with the creation of this and what's been leading up to, uh, the TV that we just watched the TV show we just watched? So uh, one thing that we've been kind of doing, and it's wild that we will be doing our 40th episode this week, yeah. and now we're finally talking about TV, you know, but uh, we just kind of been tracking it. I'm someone that has a interest in kind of the business of wrestling. And so I've been keeping an eye on that. And also like the overall labor condition of professional wrestlers, that's been a big aspect that you know, with Aaron Bentley and Aaron Taub, they did a precursor podcast called Everything Evolves. And they took a very left pro worker stint and bent towards it. And I feel like that we've been continuing that here, seeing like how things are for these wrestlers and how just the overall condition of professional wrestling is for the individual worker versus the collective business. I think that's a fair way to put it, Nate. Do you have anything else you want to add in on that? Yeah, I was going to say Mike did a great uh, slug line for the show there for the uh, Street Fight audience. Um, we should also mention the promotion has a ton of vlogs, which is just <laughs> <laughs> there's there's stupid backstage comedy skits and, uh, you know, like workplace comedy YouTube shows about getting the promotion together. So we also watch and talk about those a lot. Um, but yeah, you can uh, you can go and check out the Everything Elite feed. And if you go all the way back to like the Everything Evolves episodes is actually like a living document of basically Aaron Taub uh, discovering Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and getting the uh, the DSA to uh, 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 nominate her and uh, endorse her and then her eventual election. So it's actually like a weird uh, actual historical document in that regard. Uh, but mostly it's about stupid uh, wrestling skits. So, so uh, it, is, it is funny. They have done... It, 
40 episodes about a promotion that doesn't have TV. Well, no, but they, they do have plenty going on. And I was, I was tuned in with my wife before the show started. And to me, it felt like an Instagram live. I mean, the one guy that the one parkour guy, like that felt like a rise and grind. Who was that loser's name? The one that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He, um, but like the whole thing felt like reality TV, even before it got started, the way that it shot, the way that they do the behind the scenes interviews and the kind of, uh, personalities that these people have are way more modern. Um, even that one brand, that other loser dude, they called him like a DNE, DND player or something. Oh, yeah. Brandon Cutler. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's the best way to kind of, uh, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about with this thing was what it looks like because it was okay. So like all four of us that are doing this did watch WWE for a period of time, some longer than others, but all of us watched it. And I think. The main thing that hit me was that the crowd on this show cares about the show. You can't hear like people having conversations and a murmur of like noise. And that just helps the show anyway, even when things aren't going great. I think a crowd that likes the show is, is, is like really, it's cool and, and it's different. Uh, and, and the way it looked is that it's really, I like how bright it is. You know, that that's also very nice. What do you guys think about the look of the show? Because I think it looks different than the pay-per-views even. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the crowd, for one thing, is like a big advantage in their corner because they have like this whole crowd that they've cultivated, like you uh, were talking about with like their YouTube personalities and stuff like that. Got all these people behind them. So you have a crowd right now that's wanting the promotion and the show to succeed. So they actually like give you the reactions you want when something happens in the ring instead of like, WWE is like constantly fighting their crowd or just getting, you know, total apathy from them. Uh, but yeah, I thought the look of the show was pretty great. Um, there weren't like a whole bunch of, you know, camera production botches or anything. And they had some very cool, like there was like a sky camera shot that particularly looked good. Like when people were up on the turnbuckle and doing stuff off the top rope and it, and, and really just having the hyped crowd there and, and giving it the sort of bright arena feel, but without just like, blasting primary colors like wwe does made it feel more like a sporting event which is you know really exactly what you want right can i i also should add that like uh very smart for the first thing you see to be the most over guy in the promotion for cody to walk out and get it was so fucking loud it came across on tv that it made the it did make the show seem like a lot more important than Really, it is. It's the first episode of a show that is going to be on infinitely, probably. I mean, that's the that's the conceit of that this thing is an infinite show. So, like in the grand scheme of things, probably not the most important thing in the world. The first TV show, it's it's like uh, your first podcast or something like that. Only more people are watching. Uh, Mike, what do you think about the look? Because you're a production guy. Yeah, I'm actually a production guy in real life. So I have been always keeping an eye on this because the the easiest thing, like as Nick had gone to, is contrasting it with WWE, where it's very kind of stale, for a lack of a better word. But this one was vibrant. Like they they've developed like an aesthetic that they have that's really cool and kind of different by having all kinds of like colored powder explosions. Like that's kind of their main aesthetic is almost like electronic Daisy Carnival. So I like that and. You, you know, it's something that their production style, like one thing that a lot of people who just flipped over on TNT might not know is that these are people for the most part who are working for the other competitors for WWE for so long. And it's something that like a lot of people are from what was used to be the number two company in America, TNA wrestling or impact wrestling. And you got to kind of see like what new ideas they had for it. Like the sky cam and the crane were really great things. I did here that they had a uh, one of the cameras on a wire that you often see in professional sports and i think like that's a really cool touch as well but it just looks completely different you like talking about like having cody who is the first guy out there come out with like a special entrance and 
he's someone that like really kind of embodies the promotion having him come out and be a big deal with a crowd that's very loud versus what was happening at the same time in a uh, on a college campus in orlando where it's just kind of <laughs> static it was just very exciting to see something that actually felt like a sporting event like they stuck with all the they, they stuck with the show during commercial breaks even when matches were going on they did picture of picture which is something you don't see very often in other wrestling and it just like overall like they would show like the records making it more of a sports feel and just it from where it's been in the previous events where there were a lot of production miscues and a lot of bad like direction it seemed like for, for like a two-hour live program they've kind of gotten most of those problems ironed out i do think that there are some issues with like taking camera shots that they either didn't have the shot already or it just was a bad call but it's something that you know in in theory this is a show that's going to be on air i think 51 times a year and they'll be able to grow and grow from there so i was pretty impressed with this first time for like a first time outing on network television especially on a network like tnt i felt like that production wise i felt like this was a success yeah and i would say even just a little bit to the way it all looked um uh in the pre-show they had like some tail of the tape breakdowns where they had the guys like profile guys and gals non-binary pals <laughs> had their side profiles and they had like red and white stripes it looked like an old boxing poster you know when they were talking about mm-hmm. like the matches that were coming up and i loved how it like it did have that old sports style to it well you said your wife sat down with you mine did too and like uh my wife will not my wife thinks that New Japan looks like shit. Like she doesn't like any <laughs> wrestling at all. She thinks they all look bad. What did what did your what did your wife pay any att- attention? Did she say did she make any comments about how it looked? Um she said it did look like a she had it look like a reality TV show. Yeah. When we first started it up. <laughs> I mean that's a positive though. It is. In a, that is I've, an actual positive. I felt to me because here's the thing is that like as an innovator, you get to completely re- you're not stuck with your old baggage and you can just do anything you want. And they were able to basically take like a, a laser tag arena and turn it into fucking pro wrestling. Like it was like lights, neon. It felt like, and it, and also in a way, it did even have like it did have shades of WCW. It felt like '90s wrestling, and the in the look of it also compared to WWE is that it lacked all of that big padded ass like discovery zone looking thing (laughs) wwe looks like a jungle gym like all of the all of the barricades around it and all of the mats i i would jump off the top rope at wwe you know (laughs) yeah there's nothing to get hurt on yeah yeah i want to do a to shout out there there were tnt logos all over the place they were like screaming from the rooftops that hey this is the return of wrestling to tnt uh tony shivani kept saying you know our old show nitro used to be you know, did this and this back in the day. Like they had one segment that was on the ramp and just the entire backdrop was a giant TNT logo. And that was definitely like the right vibe of like, oh yeah, this is TNT. This is an important station for pro wrestling and a station that pro wrestling built. So it was cool to sort of have that revived. It is. I mean, it's the little bit of heritage that you have and you take it and run with it, you know? And they talked about the first match on TNT being what? Uh, Brian Pillman and uh, uh, Liger. Liger. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, the, the, yeah. I, I was really excited to hear them. I was really excited to hear them use those names on fucking big name wrestling. And then also Cody in the in the pre-show also mentioned that like wins and losses mattered in this thing to him, which was something that is like this is gr- I was just excited from the very beginning because they took they were they took everything and uh, gave us what we wanted. Like there was no longer a situation where they were trying to piss us off and see how long we'd stick around. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, and and I'll say this about uh, I'll say this about ca- calling back to WCW and shit is that like wrestling sports are all regular real sports run by real sports people that do sports always call back to their heritage and their legend oh, and, and back to like the 1960s and fucking no. Newt Rockney and shit. And <laughs> WWE is like, no wrestling was just invented yesterday. And these are the guys that do it now. <laughs> no, the Lakers claim like four or five championships before the NBA was even established. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 
And, and don't get started about college football having fake championships as well. So it was nice seeing like they were doing this and they've done this before. Like they had Bret Hart come out with the title on their first show in Las Vegas. So it's nice to see something that like embraced the inherited legacy of pro wrestling and treating it like, okay, this is the history of this. And you're here because you understand these things. Or if you don't, we want to introduce you to our past. And that's such a cool aspect that WWE doesn't do anymore. And some of the other like promotions like New Japan will like will show their, their world championships champions before the title matches. But I like having like that common thread throughout wrestling. And it was nice to see it here. Right. They even uh, mentioned WWE in this show. Like, I mean, I was a little annoyed when they said when Jim Ross said the man that gravity forgot about pack since that is not who he is anymore he's a bastard and the man that gravity forgot is a wwe thing but what we can we can talk about that later uh the commentary team for this show is excalibur jim ross and tony shivani i'm not a fan of jim ross but i'm like a huge fan of tony shivani so he balanced it out and i actually liked it uh nate what did you think of the uh, commentary team uh you know it was pretty like uh unobtrusive to me like it didn't jump out of me a whole lot which is like the most i can ask for really like all i want is that it doesn't actively drive me away from the show which is what wwe does <laughs> most of the time um but I, even like I, I used to really i was very scared about jim ross coming into this promotion because i'd like listen to him on new japan when he was calling that for a time and he was just like outwardly dismissive and disrespectful of the show all the time but they've gotten that out of him. I don't know if they just like signed him a big enough check that he's like pretends that he likes it or, or whatever the deal is there. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I pretty much came away from it feeling positively about it. Uh, that, that one pock line did jump out of me, but I'm kind of like, you know, it, it's a pretty good tagline. Like I don't mind them keeping that because that was a good part of Pac's character. And it also does a, a, a little bit to connect to the casual people like, oh, yeah, that guy does look familiar because he was like the one guy presented in WWE like a star for that eight month period or whatever. When he walked out, my wife said, that's the little guy from NXT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <That's> not, <laughs> but he's got a lot of bastards got a lot of ground. Well, to make up. <laughs> well, no, she said, actually, it's even better. She said, is that guy looks like the little guy from NXT. And I was like, Adrian Neville. And she said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's him. And she was like, oh, they all look the same to me. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I mean, because he is the same actual guy. They're the two. They're the same people. <laughs> I would say for me, uh, Jim Ross was definitely the downside. He had a couple of stinkers in there. But I do have to say in wrestling, like you always get a seat at the table. We're not going to kick him out. Um, and also... He's just amazing to me how, like, impressed he is by guys, like, measurements and shit. Like, he's just <laughs> knows, like, 150-centimeter bust. His tailor says it's a hell of a jacket to put together. And it's like, what the – where did that come from? He's like, he weighs as much as a quarter steer. So it's like, <laughs> how do you know that? He's always yeah, those, are, those are all the stats they promised us that it's going to be a, a promotion focused on stats. I, I wonder if he's going to like compare to like barrels of weight and some other like archaic like okay, this guy is like hand in the bush and like a, a whole barrel here. But yeah, like I wouldn't I, bet a hay penny. Just... <laughs> Sorry, go Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, he's going to be like, oh no, th this was the match I wouldn't put two bits on if I had an opportunity, but. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I'm going to try to not to be like overly nerdy about stuff. It's something that I kind of do a lot on everything elite. Uh, Pac's nickname has always been w the man that gravity forgot, even dating back pre WWE. But you know, it, it's one of those things that it's great to see like him and like this new character here. And I thought the commentary has what? been a trouble issue for them, but I feel like that having Tony Schiavone there kind of take the weight off of Jim Ross did a great job. I love Tony. And whenever I get to see a, a program of Tony Schiavone on, I just start smiling because he's just like, it's kind of hard not to smile when you see Tony Schiavone around. That's true. I mean, I love the guy and it's it was just like, I wish they would let him bring the show in like he did back in Nitro when he would like scream his, Hey, it's Monday night. But you know what? He's, he's, he's more dignified now. He is, well, he's the one that said prick. <laughs> On the show, oh, no. he called he called MJF a prick, which was like, wow, that's a 
I think that's a cuss. I'm not like 100% sure if that's a cuss or not, but my parents would have been mad at me if I said prick when I was growing up, so I'm going with it's a cuss. Um, so the first match was Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, it was like Cody was like people really liked Cody is my opinion, and they really cheered, but Sammy Guevara seemed like a half a step but like a whole step slow, I guess, in a way. Like, he kind of didn't know what was coming or where he needed to be. But the match was still... I mean, like, if the crowd's into it, even, like, a, a crummy match is good, you know? Yeah, I, uh, Sammy definitely seemed nervous to me because he, he botched, like, his first two big spots or two or three big spots, even. Um, but he, you know, eventually got his feet under him, and I think they got into it, and he was able to show off some of his impressive shit like his double moonsault thing that he does is cool where he does a moonsault off the top and then misses the guy and does another moonsault and misses the guy and then finally hits him with a shooting star like that got over big uh he did like a spanish fly that got over big like once once he settled down and was like okay i'm not freaking out because i'm on national tv right now um i thought he was able to show off what he can do what'd you think of the first match mike yeah i've kind of taken a step back with Cody, like seeing him live and especially like, I don't know how you and Brett felt like in Las Vegas for like his big match. Like there was a big match on like there are these lead up shows with his older brother, Dustin Rhodes, who is Goldust. And he felt like such a star. And like, it, I, I have such like, I don't know, like maybe it made my eyes are star crossed whenever I see him and I was, kind of go like where was this guy and what happened to like the former Cody Rhodes that we've been seeing for so long but yeah Sammy Guevara is someone who I like a lot but he definitely did seem intimidated and it was kind of nice to see how Cody settled him down it turned out to be a a fun match like that like that's the one my one big takeaway about this whole entire show was I didn't feel like my time was wasted in every match even if it wasn't great I kind of came away with it going like okay yeah I get what's going on here so I ended up enjoying this yeah, I honest, I would say that to me, my wife, her first thing she said when she saw that Sammy Guevara guy is that guy is so young. It's ridiculous. Hmm. And I have to say what I liked about this and what kind of made me felt like old wrestling is I had no idea who Sammy Guevara is. And I that got me excited because I want to see the champ beat up a scrub. Like, I don't like, I don't want to see superstars go at it each time because I like both of them for their own reasons. I want to see a young, the the thing I didn't like about this is that it made Cody look bad for how long it took to beat this kid. He was a child. He's very amateurish and it took way too long to take him down. So I think it looks bad on Cody in my mind. I would have loved to see 10 minutes of him like schooling this kid and him sent to the locker room, like, you know, uh, looking like an amateur it did feel like a long match i would say to me to, I, I just but maybe that's because i'm not used to it was like 19 it was a 20 minute draw <laughs> it was like they went to 1959 but <laughs> i think i'm maybe we're maybe that is a normal length for a wrestling match we haven't like wwe has two and a half minute matches you know or they do five minute matches with a commercial do break. they i've never I've, yeah. i like the i like a five minute match i feel like they don't do enough the indies are like stuck in like 30 minute epics i feel like yeah yeah i i think i totally think you're right like it for establishing cody because he's the next title contender like he should be beating guys relatively quickly but i think we saw from the end of this show that they just they want sammy to be above that level like i think they have plans for sammy so i think that's why they gave him a little bit more here like hey this is our first match like let's see if we can do a big blow away thing that'll catch people's eyeballs i'm guessing that was the plan it didn't maybe actually blow people away because of those early botches and stuff but uh well, well we but we actually ended up seeing that in, like in the next match like mjf just beat the guy there was no hey everybody goes 50 50 you know everybody goes for 12 minutes like mjf just beat the guy in the second match like hey you're you're a jobber and i'm a star so i'm gonna win here yeah i would say the turning the, the thing i like about cody the turning point was the back injury which i suffer from as a, a middle-aged <laughs> man so like anytime the back gets worked over i'm like oh he's done for you can't ex- you, <laughs> you can't expect anything from him yeah uh yeah brett actually when we go live brett is always like grabbing his back like son of a bitch (laughs) how's this guy handling this uh the second match was mj it was mjf versus brandon cutler uh 
just kind of a squash match. MJF cutting his worst promo in AEW, I think. I think his other ones are better. When he called people poor rednecks in Vegas, I like that better. He didn't use redneck on this one. I feel like if he would have said redneck, I would have been very happy. He seemed less insulting this time. He just said, you people seem poor. And then he said, I don't (laughs) like D&D, which is like, I know that's a thing that was going on on Twitter this week, but you cannot expect everybody to have looked at twitter like that you gotta not do that ever you know what did what did you think about this match nate uh i like that it was a decisive win i i do totally agree that it wasn't mjf's best promo like i've been building this up as mjf is going to come out and totally like knock the crowd dead with a promo here and show why he's like the big heel superstar that they're going to build up over the next couple years or whatever and he didn't quite get to that level like his his uh, double or nothing promo was definitely better. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, at least he just went out and won. And uh, I kind of liked that. Like Brandon Color, obviously, like he he's going to be like a backstage hand kind of guy. He's not going to be somebody they push. But they still like sort of gave him a little niche and was like, hey, here's this guy's character. He's a good guy. You know, he loves his wife. He loves D and D. He's going to go out here and lose. But at least there's like something you can latch on to with him, you know, and kind of identify with. So uh, this was like. Totally set out what it what it wanted to do in this match. What'd you think, Mike? Yeah, like that I'm probably one of the higher people on MJF. I think that he's someone that he's only three years in wrestling, which is kind of wild considering how he already understands himself and his character. So I was a little disappointed at the promo like y'all were, just because he is such a good promo for a guy of his age and he's playing like but for those who like don't watch, he's like a classical heel, like doing like I'm better than you and you know it, and you're all are poor. And he comes to the ring in a Burberry scarf, trying to play that up. But I thought this, for like a squash match, this is something that at least when I stopped watching WWE, you did not have like two minute squash matches. Like matches would be two minutes long, but there'd be two minutes of back and forth, and someone would win with their finish. This was definitive. It was like okay, Brandon Cutler is a good guy. If you watch the vlogs, you know he's a production nerd and you know he's a D nerd so he's just kind of like a good wholesome guy like how nate said and i thought this did a good job and it, it did bring up something that i when we get to the main event that i was kind of surprised about just because of how defined mjf's character is but for like a five minute match i feel like that or a five minute entire block here i feel like it was pretty successful i think i i, I do want to say that the best thing about mjf is that he's supposed to be rich and he he uses the same scarf every time, which is infuriating to me. <laughs> like, it's like, you should have 10 scarves, motherfucker. <laughs> like, he only has one David scarf. Arquette. <laughs> David Arquette bought him another scarf, like an authentic Burberry scarf, because everyone would make fun of him that he had fake scarves. I'm sure it's fake. It has to be. <laughs> They yeah. totally need to do a, a vlog segment where we see MJF's closet and it's just like 3,000 of the exact same scarf <laughs> to justify that and be like, no, I'm rich. I just like this scarf a whole fucking lot. There was um, there was a moment that made me laugh. He had gum in his mouth and the second time it, it like squished out of his mouth and like made him almost trip. He just grabbed it and whipped it sideways. Like it was like ver- it was completely at like head head height. Like he was took it and tried to hit who was ever next to him with that piece of gum, <laughs> which I really liked. And I mean, I I agree you would expect for this type of a debut that he would go all out and try to do like a pipe bomb or something and really come out as the baddest guy, but I think what he really does well is that he's cocky and he's quick, but he's not all the way there, which is like, it's like, that's what's frustrating is he's just being an asshole and he's not even like all, he's not completely in control or completely smart about it. He's literally just, you know, being a dickhead. Yeah. So the next was the next thing, the SCU segment and uh, 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 Kevin Smith. No. What was the that next was thing Smith I'm before that? Okay. Yeah. Ke- the first, <laughs> what's. Kevin Smith, which listen, this is going to be a digression here. Uh, I I was a Kevin Smith guy for a period of time. Uh, Mike, were you into Kevin Smith? Yeah. Nate, were you into Kevin Smith? Uh, I was a clerk two two guy only. Shut up. (laughs) You're lying. You lying. That's the truth. truth. Oh, no. I I was a late chummer, and then I got right back out again. 
Oh, I can't even believe that you only like like fucking also, Clerks too. Movie. <laughs> year one is the worst movie I've ever seen. Brett, were you a Kevin Smith guy? Yeah, I was. I the VSQ universe, absolutely. I was too. I was too. It's fucking crazy to see him thin. Like he looks yeah. sick almost to I mean, me. It's gonna. I mean, it'll happen. Maybe you'll do that. I'll Maybe. have a heart attack and get thin. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go. I mean, vegan. That's my hope. You'll be vegan and you'll have like that. <laughs> You have like a big ass, you have a big ass head on a little body. Yeah. <laughs> That's my hope is I'm going to hope for a heart attack that'll make me decide my life is worth something and then I'll uh, stop eating and get thin. That's the that's, plan. That's the next uh, invention that the tech bros are going to come up with is intentional heart attacks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is weird. I mean, like, cause even, cause the, you know, when people like that become successful, it's not because they were groomed into it or anything. Like Jason Mewes is a hillbilly and he got like dentures and shit and it looks crazy as hell to me. He looks like my uncle when my uncle got dentures at this point. You he know? looks young. I think Jason Mewes looks really. Almost, I he swear looks- to fucking God, I thought he just looked like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. What? Yeah. Well, that's what was weird about this to me. Let me just say, <laughs> there is a motherfucking Jay and Silent Bob movie coming out in two weeks, and I had no fucking idea oh, about that movie. You I knew? Know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. he also announced Clerks 3. I might have, might have misheard that. But I'm, no, I'm back no, on board Clerks for 3, Clerks 3. The new movie looks absolutely... Clerks. The lo- new movie looks absolutely insane. Um, but no matter what I do, if I ever get invited to wrestling, I'm going there. <laughs> like, I don't know why would they, they would turn that down. Yeah. It yeah. was, um, and it was, uh, I don't know. It was, I, I guess it's like part of re- the celebrity appearance is something that will make like WWE fans feel comfortable. They're like, no, no, no. Celebrities <laughs> like this too. Yeah. There is. I mean, well, that's AEW fans though, too, because we're trying to convince everybody that wrestling's right. actually good, yeah. you know? So it's like, no, Kevin Smith likes it too. I mean, he's not the guy I would pick, you know? No, but- yeah. They do. They have like, they have like a cooler fandom. Like this is a, uh, a narrative I've been pushing in our show is like, anybody in a creative industry that likes wrestling, as soon as AEW came on the scene, they just immediately said goodbye to WWE and were like, Oh, I, I, I like AEW now. Like any, any, uh, you know, comic or musician, um, like legitimately cool musicians like health and JPEG mafia and stuff are like into geez. AEW. And it's like, yeah, you guys could like have them in the front row at your show. And you know, Kevin Smith can be like in the fourth row, maybe. Yeah. My, my wife is an architect and like she didn't turn away. I think she, she was into it as well. Like I said, they really, it's so modern and they just have all of that momentum going for them because they get to start new and they don't have to worry about the rules or heritage or tradition. They just get to make a fucking awesome show without all the baggage. <laughs> WWE has Wall A. He was on there tonight, which is, you know, that's something, I, I like guess. Wall-A. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I kind of like Wall A too. I'm, I'm a little surprised. He, uh, you know, he's smart enough, Wall A. He's got to come over to the slightly cooler promotion See, no but he's a legends guy he's yeah. a legends guy well yeah and you know it, here's the thing what brett if triple h invited me and you to nxt like we would do that probably i know i hate to say this and sound like a uh a, a big trump fundraiser guy but i am also like such a fucking like i i i can be appealed to i got no but i gotta meet cody i want to i gotta meet a Rhodes. it was so crazy tonight because i was talking to my wife and saying that my dad followed dusty Rhodes all around the goddamn southern united states watching him wrestle and Mm. it was so weird to tune in tonight with my daughter and watch his son like try to make a fucking run at it. It was such a, it was, it's so weird that the Rhodes family has taken up so much of my family's time. <laughs> right, where'd your parents went on their honeymoon? Brett's parents honeymooned at wrestling. They went to, yeah, they went to like, they stopped at like Smoky Mountain and then went down to Georgia Pro and saw like, uh, fucking, uh, Rhodes and, uh, Flair go like Damn. do like an Iron Man or something <laughs> for their honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what wild. one of my favorite thing one of my favorite things about brett is that him and his dad don't talk very much because they're like pretty much different guys but they that when they do talk it's about aew pretty much or ring of honor not w they he hates wwe which is cool because you know 
They chased people like him away. Your dad does your dad think they all look like models? Is that yeah? yeah that's what you said. They're all fitness models. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, they're also all like six seven, so they all look exactly the same. Like they're all the same six seven, like uh, cookie cutter dude. Which is why, like, uh, you know, again, main event, Jack Swagger looks like an absolute monster compared to the people in this promotion. But yeah, that's like the overarching sort of story here is kind of like Rhodes versus McMahon revive for a new generation. And that's why it's great that they have like Cody out there. First guy on the show. He's like basically the protagonist or the ace of the company. And he's going to be like the, you know, guy that embodies the company and is like, Hey, we're going to come follow Cody Rhodes and AEW. And he's going to be the Rhodes that's taking the fights to the McMahon's again for a, for a whole new era. I mean, and the ace of WWE is Seth Rollins. And I, it's just unbelievable. If you had told me three or four years ago that I would be rooting for Cody Rhodes over Seth Rollins, I would call you fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, I was all the way out on Cody Rhodes for a time there. I was like, oh, this guy's the worst. Like he would, he would take like little shots at like indie guys on Twitter when he was in the WWE, like pretty much the same thing Seth Rollins does now. Like he would run down colt cabana or whatever and be like oh they're all small time and all that shit and it's like it's good to see him like you know uh uh, uh give it all up and you know basically go and do it for himself and like redeem himself in that way after his father's death like that's a that's a great little fucking narrative for a pro wrestler it's a good story it's definitely a good story so after that there was an scu promo that i don't think did scu any favors at all <laughs> His Obama impersonation was pretty good. <laughs> it was guys. it was great. It was a really good Obama impersonation. But like as a crew, they are so corny and so bad. <laughs> and I feel like they're holding that guy captive. <laughs> <laughs> Brett does well, I, do. <laughs> I will say this. Me and Brett have been seeing wrestling together since 2014, and he has been booing Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian <laughs> since 2014. Independent legends. Ouch. He hates them. Hates I do. Them. I, I, I feel like Scorpio's in line for like a, a, a breakaway singles push. Like, I think he's who they've tagged out of that group to be like, you know, he's going to be the guy we highlight as a singles act out of here. And Cody had a whole like, uh, interview the other day about not having enough black talent at the top of pro wrestling. So I kind of think we're looking at, you know, maybe they're going to go in that direction with Scorpio. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, the way that Christopher Daniels said us brothers are, are going to yeah. ready to get down. I was like, oh man, he's, he's really riding this guy's coattails. <laughs> <point." laughs> you're, you're not quite dusty there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, the guy that used to dress sort of like a Nazi in our ring of honor shouldn't be like saying stuff, but I guess he's just not a self aware guy. Well, he's just old like that. I mean, he is old. Old guys like was, to say brothers. It was a snooze fest i have to say i went on animal crossing to see if my stuff was done so i could get new items for my house when that <laughs> when that came on that was when my wife came in the room was oh, no. Doing it. Yeah. Oh, no. it's always that I it's know. always it's something like when the titties are out on the horror movie or when like the worst <laughs> promo is happening is when your wife or girlfriend walks in the room <laughs> yeah she just comes walking in there she's like ah, oh, and that's the most wwe looking thing they did on the show too and it was just like oh they can't do too many of these i like i'm gonna let it slide but woof those two segments in a row were rough yeah at least they weren't like they didn't do the goofy backstage interviewer standing in front of a screen backstage and it's all obviously pre-taped like it, it, it was a little more naturalistic just because it was out in front of the crowd and shit. right and and then the lucha brothers came out and they were like got received like stars and they looked like stars so that like kind of saved it the suits on the lucha bros is like the cool like guys with masks so cool. on and yeah. suits is the coolest thing in and the world penta had like gucci like tennis shoes on too <laughs> with the suit yeah <laughs> Mike, what'd you think of these two uh, segments here? I think we lost Mike. Mike. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, he lives in the mountains. That shit happens. Uh, after this, we had uh, the Bastard Pack, I believe, wrestling um, Adam Page. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was good. That was a really fun match. Adam Page is a weird thing for me, man, because, like, I thought... I have been watching him since he was in the decade with BJ Whitmer back in Ring of Honor. And I like, I you know you didn't. You did not love the decade. Yeah, no, me, me and Mike both. I think Mike might be back. We both love the decade. Yeah, just as much as Clerks too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think that the decade was a lot of fun. It had BJ Whitmer, who was surprisingly good. 
that. No, role. he wasn't good. That- <laughs> oh, he was so good. So much heat. <clears throat> so much heat. Yeah, but like, Paige is a weird guy to kind of evaluate, isn't he? Like, well, I just I, don't know if people are gonna. I think that like, I think that he is the type of person that people's moms that I went to high school with would get really horny for. And like, if they can somehow juice that, then he's going to be something. But if they can't, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, even more so like taking that point, I did the press scrum for the two shows I was at. He is one of those people who in person you look at and you think they're almost like an alien. They're that attractive. <laughs> yeah. Like when he looked into like my eyes, I felt like he looked deeply into my eyes, my eyes alone. Like he, he's that aggressively handsome. And I don't know how it doesn't translate. He is like a cowboy calendar man. Like if there was a calendar of cowboys, he would be in it. <laughs> See, for me, it's funny you say that. I think you are right if they can make it work, but he's turn off. Like he, uh, he has oh. nothing for me. I haven't liked him. I I don't th- I think he's a waste of time. <laughs> like okay, I I I'm, I'm I mean, hard disagree. And especially with like Pac, it's two guys in black trunks and like I, I this was the match like especially after the SCTV I stayed on Animal Crossing through this match because <laughs> these two like I don't know it's just not it for me. It just he feels so outdated. Like for this show that is like redefining masculinity and has a wrestler that plays D and D like this dude that comes out, uh, it, it's like, he just, I guess he looks like a model. Yeah. I guess he looks soft like a model maybe to me. And, <laughs> like, and, and like the wild thing is a comparison to someone like pack who you, you see him, you get him like, yeah, he wears black trunks, but he looks every part of his character. And he's so good at performing it. Like you see Adam page and he's supposed to be vaguely cowboy themed and, He's handsome, and that's about it. Like, he does cool moves. Like, don't get me wrong. That's an important thing, but he never looks like a badass, and that's important. Yeah, so I'm going to be – I'm the page defender, so I got to get my my spot in here. Um, he's got all the tools. Like, that's sort of the knock on him is he's an all-the-tools guy, but he doesn't connect, you know, quite yet. But having watched him go from, like, the decade and find this BTE audience and them all get behind him because of just, like, his natural likability – and then him sort of finding himself in the ring off that has just been like something that I was invested in. So I'm sort of riding with him from that. Um, he's also like the most actually like his, his gimmick is kind of a, uh, kitschy throwback in like an intentional way, but he's actually like the most connected of any of the guys in the, in the main roster here. Like he, um, he's, he's like secretly woke and like, you know, he was the WrestleSplania hunk of the year. So I have to shout that out. Uh, and he's also just like, he makes the, the genuine funny tweets now, whereas the young bucks are all kind of a little too old to be making funny tweets anymore. So he's got all the tools. He just, he doesn't have, ha- has not had the opportunity in this promotion to like give people a reason to dig in and sink their teeth in and get invested in like who he is. There was one bit on one of the vlogs where he talked about how he grew up and his parents had a tobacco farm and like his dad sat him down from a young age and was like, Hey, you know, you're going to have to find something else to do because this isn't going to be here for you when you grow up. So you got to find your own way or whatever. And it was just like a little bit of the real guy there. They're like, oh, okay. But he hasn't, the rest of it isn't there in his character yet. We can't see it yet. A heel version of him that talks to the wives of the older guys in the audience is the thing I need. I think that's how he can connect, okay. like a Rick Rude sort of thing where it's like, you fat fucking greasy idiots i'm gonna i'm here up here gonna fuck your wife i think probably you know i could yeah i've just yeah i guess it's just my kind my kind of cowboy is more orville peck than adam page so that's probably it's just not for me and i do but i do acknowledge be i i knew him at like i saw him running around with the decade like cleaning up streamers and shit and like then when we came into AEW and I saw the response for him and like coming in on the horse and all of that, it's like, wow, I don't know how this happened. I don't pay close enough attention, but (laughs) enough people like really got behind him. I I, like, and I, I just, it's, it's not for me. I guess it's just something that's not for me. Right. So the, uh, the next match we had was, uh, wait, wait a minute, Mike, how, how did you like this match? Mike's the biggest pack fan in the world of all time. Yeah, because he was, after he left WWE, he went back to Dragon Gate, which is actually something else that I'm really passionate about. It's a company in Japan that's basically 
based kind of around like mixing Mexican Lucha Libre with Japanese style pro wrestling. And he became the champion in his first match. And he was just this awesome, like heelish guy. And he's done a great job in his two matches in AEW portraying this. It's just for a match like this was built up for a long time. I don't know how much y'all got into it. I came away a little underwhelmed because I was expecting this to be like this crazy match where like they have had all this history and it just kind of fell flat a little bit. Like that all being said, I don't know if it fell flat because Hangman Page is not over or if it's that pack is just not known enough to, to this audience as this character. I don't so think I, he's no. I don't think anybody knows. I, I would honestly not be surprised if there are people in the audience who knew him as Adrian Neville and don't know that he's Neville. You know what I mean? Because like, right. like I said, my wife walked in the room and said he looks like that little boy from uh, NXT. And like, uh, I, I was like shocked because nobody really looks like Pac. You know, he's, yeah, he's got he's a, very ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Th that's mean. <laughs> that's what JR said too. And you know what? That's the thing about him wrestling Adam Page. You put him in the ring with a guy like Adam Page, who's extremely sexy, and then you have him win. Maybe that's what shut the crowd down. I don't fucking know. I, I literally liked it, but I think also, uh, I think he's, I think he's, he's going to get over it. They need to do like, why aren't they doing anything? Why isn't he cutting promos? Why isn't he like talking? Why aren't we seeing him do anything? And I know it's the first week of TV, but he's not even really doing anything online or anything. Yeah. That's something <laughs> that has been him since he came back to wrestling. He would cut very short promos for Dragon Gate and then would go back home. He's based in the North of England and he's a, a very kind of interesting kind of dude. He loves reggae and dance hall. And like, that's the only thing that like anyone has ever told me about him as like a person. So he's just not really a promo person. But when you play this character like this, that you're supposed to be this bastard, this conniving, brutal wrestler, you want to see a little bit more out of that. And you would think in the lead up or something of this, they would like have him do like some promos on a cell phone because they do so much stuff like that. And they didn't haven't had that. So I'm totally with you on that. I think they, they'll have him cheat. I think I think like the, if they have him come back every couple weeks and cheat in jobber matches, that it? might be something. Yeah, he cheated in this one too. I just I just don't think anybody knows who he is at this point, which is weird because he was on WWE for a long time and they used him quite a bit. I mean, it's it's I it, it's tough because it's hard to be a bastard when you have such a high flying skill set. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. you need to be eye raking. You need to be doing shit that's like really mean and not like impressive you know yeah that's true so the I next do like uh sorry his finish he did the finish to the back instead of to the chest so like it made it a little more villainous yeah like, yeah it didn't look as amazing it was just more like a body shot and then he put him in the submission that makes it a little more heelish to me agreed i don't think the back looks like it hurts though i feel like i would take something like like my preference would be on the back Really? You know what I'm saying? Then over mm. the stomach, you know, you're laying down and they're going to land here on your tum or your back. Dude, I'm like, turning over to my back every see, time. If I'm jumping on you with my stomach, that's soft and I'm worried about it. If I'm using my back, I'm going to probably do it until I kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's my back, if it's my back, I'm going to go as hard as possible. Like I don't care. Yeah. That's if it's true. my stomach, I'm worried about my um belly button opening up and all my gut spilling out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he did it to Adam Page on his Adam Page's back, though. You know oh, what I'm saying? Right, like right, Adam right. Page was Got on it. his belly. Right. It's like I'd rather take an, any move on. I would true. go ahead and hit me in the back. Hey, the next time we're around each other, Nate or or yeah. Mike, feel free to just punch me right in the back. I don't care. Don't bother me. Not even a little bit. You know, Brett's over. Here. Brett'll punch me here in a minute. I'll let him give me a big chop on the back. I mean, it's You're it's right. it's easy. Uh, the next match was the women's championship match. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Riho. Uh, probably the best one. And I'll say this got my wife's attention. She was actually like, I'm, she was interested. It's just two like interesting looking people wrestling each other. <laughs> it's hard to get it on TV. I've seen it in person and like the size difference is outrageous. I was yeah. trying to tell Erica, like, you have to see how wild it looks when they're standing next to each other. Yeah. But I think that this did. What wrestling does well, which is like, uh, just nails a story, like how a small person can beat a large person, not because they're equally matched, but because the small person has to use everything to their advantage to win. You know, like if they make all the right moves, they can win, but that, you know, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. 
How'd you yeah, feel about it, Nate? This was the highlight of the show to me. Uh, it's kind of a running joke on the pod that we always come away from these shows thinking that the women's matches are the best part. Um, but yeah, just like that story of the, the small wrestler overcoming the larger one. They set that up immediately from the beginning. Like they had Riho escape from Nyla Rose, like doing that cool bridge, which really impressed the crowd and kind of got them into it. Uh, and then they did the inverse, but instead of like bridging out, Nyla just basically powered up and launched Riho off her back. And that was dope. Um, but yeah, this, this was best match in the show, had the best heat on the show. Crowd was super into it, which is awesome to see when you have like two relatively unknown wrestlers, but Nyla pulled out some awesome moves. She's good. Uh, and I do want to shout out JR had a good line here, which is like the one commentary line that jumped out of me. And he was like it, his numbers obsession. He was saying, you can't wait, weigh a heart. Passion doesn't come in pounds or inches. It's like perfect pro wrestler sort of parlance. Like, oh, it's all about your heart and your, you know, desire to win and all that stuff. Just like very uh, baseline stuff, but very effective. There was something I loved in this match, and it's something that not enough wrestlers do. And it was uh, Riho was trying to lift Nyla Rose, and he, and, and it kind of just gave out, and she put her down. It almost looked like a botch, and it could have been a botch, but it added to the match to me. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. Mike, what'd lot, you think? A lot of these, yes. Uh, sorry. The, a lot of the Joshi matches kind of have that appeal where everything's just like 15% less precise and it looks more vicious because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things with like Riho, who is someone that has wrestled since she was eight years old and she's now just in her early twenties. And you're like, you could tell that she's someone that has taken like her adolescence and into her young adulthood. And, like internalize like okay i'm a smaller wrestler like i think she's billed at like 90 pounds maybe but she like takes that into her she's like okay how can i use this to one get the crowd over get over the crowd and to like make my make my offense looks really cool and it's just like okay i will bridge out a bit of pen attempts because i'm so small that i can slip out and i'm just going to have the idea of that like mass plus time acceleration equals force. And I'm just going to run and jump and try to stomp on you as much as possible. Cause I know who I am. And I think that that was such a cool story with like in a match of like Nyla Rose, who is a, a power wrestler. Like she's bigger than Nyla. And it's just like, okay, how are you going to be able to get out of this? Like how is Riho going to win? Cause I thought that Nyla Rose was going to win before the show. And just the way that they made this very believable and, like y'all, this was my favorite match tonight. Like this match was like the one that like had me my complete attention away from Twitter, away from Discord, away from Slack. It just was a great match, and Rio is such an interesting champion going forward because it's something that the other promotions don't really have a grasp on is having a very good, believable babyface champion, and I think she does a great job at that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was happy to see. I was happy that my daughter got to see it. I was like waiting for. I was like, please, no, 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 don't go to bed, don't go to bed. You're gonna <laughs> eventually, you're gonna see something you love. Like I was <laughs> at the beginning of match. I was like, there's a woman ref there. Just like pay attention to what she's doing. Eventually, <laughs> girls are gonna start fighting. And it was like, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great too. Sorry. She liked it. Did she? She, did she thought she, she was it? very into. They were both very into it. Yeah, Riho is like the type of person that like kids could actually like. I gotta say, uh, I I'm a, a huge Britt Baker fan. That's like I one of my why. faves. <laughs> but did Tara? I didn't. I didn't thought like sometimes on commentary she was like literally spaced out. It looked like <laughs> I think some of the well, some of the cuts on this throughout the whole thing. They went to some some shots that I thought were very odd that like you wouldn't want to catch someone's face looking. Britt like Baker, that. they did some odd ones with Britt Baker a few times where it was like she just doesn't even like look. She, she she's she's trying to to look through that microphone right now. Yeah, during the ring announce, during the announcing at the beginning yes. of the match, they cut to Britt Baker, and it's like, why would you cut to her? She's not going <laughs> to say anything right now. They're doing yeah. something. She didn't know she was on at that point, and but yeah, she's. Having her on commentary for this was basically like having a dentist on commentary. <laughs> the way they okay, kept cutting. get that's your gimmick, but like you don't have to bring that energy to the show. The way they kept cutting to her was like a Vic Burger video. It was. It was like that. Exactly what he does is he cuts to somebody that isn't the focus. Right. And she was just kind of, oh man, somebody's got to cut those, cut those out because it was, it's funny now when I think about like, you know, not knowing you're on TV and just sitting there. 
And uh, finally, we had the main event with uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus, uh, uh, God damn it. Uh, I was going to say LAX, but I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert. It's Santana and Ortiz and Chris Jericho with a run in by John Moxley. And uh, I love this match because I love John Moxley. And I think Ortiz and Santana might be actually the two coolest guys in uh rest like coolest looking guys in wrestling right now maybe and uh i thought it was great look like i mean a black hooded sweatshirt black pants black everything they just look cool they look cool to me i mean with the bandanas and they do the gun motion when they like get down and do like the gun motion and stuff i love that thing i love guns you know that yeah you know i like it when people do gun shit i mean there's nothing i haven't seen before it's true but they were cool and chris jericho is obviously the best in the whole entire world right now i mean he's just the judas effect is really the greatest move in the world and uh it's just it's powerful. Uh, what'd you What'd you think of this match, Brett? What'd you think of this last thing? I I I. To be fair, you didn't get to see a lot of the match because uh, when uh, Moxley came out and started fighting with uh, Kenny Omega, they kind of followed them to the back, and you uh, missed a whole big chunk of the match. I would say. I mean, honestly, I've seen. I have seen all these people go at it before, and uh, the multi man stuff, especially. From what we've known as far as like the tradition of wrestling, it usually is pretty shitty. I mean, every, they usually do this once a week. They take the two people we want to see wrestle. They <laughs> hook them up with a tag team and then we never get to see him wrestle. <laughs> um, I think for me th- that I, what I liked the most about this was Moxley sending him through the table. Like once that was that, awesome. Ev- people in the crowd, the reactions from the crowd, everybody was like, I can't believe that just happened. It was a very big statement about what to expect from AEW. And uh, I think that that was the most important part of this match was just that, like, we'll put you through a glass table. Yeah. Like wrestling, it's back to wrestling in the dressing rooms, you know? Yeah. Nate, what, what'd you think of this? Like, I do love the glass table, by the way. I, I like sat up when the glass table happened. Nate, what'd you think of this one? Yeah. Totally like out of blue. Did not expect that at all. Uh, and that was awesome because that's exactly what you wouldn't see on WWE. Like, it wasn't. You know, uh, like hardcore shit and thumbtacks and whatever for the sake of doing it. But it was like, Hey, you know, if you haven't seen glass break on wrestling since I don't know the barbershop window or something, uh, and, we're, and that's going to happen right now. And those guys are going to build to a big match the next pay per view. So that was a highlight. Um, but even when they did all that shit, like, uh, I thought the young bucks and, uh, LAX and Jericho did a really good job of keeping the crowd with the actual match. Like, you kind of forget seeing the Young Bucks a thousand ti- times, uh, you know, over the years that the Young Bucks are really good <laughs> and they pop like, uh, you know, even during a TV match, like, uh, wrestlers in the WWE don't pop. Just, it just kind of has a different, uh, tempo and energy to it, I think. Uh, and they kept the crowd with it through the rest of the match. And yeah, it was fucking awesome to see like Santana and Ortiz main eventing primetime wrestling in, on TNT, like, who would have imagined that for them like a couple of years ago? And now it's like, oh, of course they're on that level. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they looked great. Mike, what'd you think of this one? Like, I'm totally with like how great Santana Ortiz look. Like, they just have like this general vibe that's completely different from anyone else in the promotion. Like, especially if like what they wear the ring and the way that they wrestle, it, it seems like it's a lot more like less like wrestling, more of like, oh, we're going to find ways in the middle of a wrestling match to fuck you up. Like, yeah. Like, there's like a level, a level of brutality that the Bucks don't usually have in their matches that I felt like this. And then, you know, the whole thing with uh, Moxley and Omega was something that it pulled you away from the match. And for someone who was really so good at this match, it let me down a little bit because it was like, okay, I want to see how Kenny Omega is going to be with uh, Santana Ortiz. Then you get like this great moment of going through the glass table. I'm like, okay. I get what they're doing. This is totally cool. And then they managed to have the rest of the match be a really compelling handicap match out of nowhere. And that's not at all what I would have expected for like their first night on TV. It's like, okay, things have gone to hell, but this is our first main event. We're rolling with it. This is now a handicap match. And it's just like Chris Jericho for, for a guy that he is, is like the coolest wrestler in the world. And it's weird to think <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like who would think like, two years ago that Chris Jericho would end up being just like one, 
the person who understands the internet and Twitter and social media so much that he's able to get him drinking champagne and saying comments crazy over. And two, he loses the title belt, comes back, and he makes it into its own thing as well. I just love Chris Jericho. Like, the Judas effect should not be an awesome move, but it's, like, treated with such seriousness, and people go down to it, and they lose, and that's great. And that's not to even mention his theme song. Like, yeah. his theme song, like, actually rules. And it was crazy in Chicago where the whole entire crowd was singing along to it. And uh, you could hear him singing tonight, too. You could yeah. actually hear him singing Judas in my mind tonight, too. It, it, it's such a good track. And it's just, I, I I did not want to like this match because of what happened with Moxley running in just because I'm like, okay, this they talk about wins and losses mattering and like that like we're treating this as a sport, but you had this happen. But they made it work in a way that I'm not mad at. And I mean, I something. like... I like the run in though. I got to be honest. Like I was a little worried that they weren't going to do any, you know, there were like, mm-hmm. I, I, I understand people not want like wanting clean finishes every time, but like, I don't want that. Like I'm not, asking, no, nobody's at, I'm not asking for clean finishes every single time, you know? <laughs> Why? But I think, and that's what they did is that it was a, it was a matter of knowing what to expect. Um, but then not getting it and remixing it and doing the same things, but just tweaking it and making it a little bit different. There was even a moment at the beginning of the MJF match where he threw the guy, he threw him against the rope and then tripped him immediately. Yeah. Which is something where it's like wrestlers should have been doing that for like the past few decades. They let these guys (laughs) run around way too much. (laughs) You know, it's sometimes I saw Becky Litch one time, actually, you know, when they, when they're like sliding down on the ground, when they're doing the Irish whip back and forth, that's meant to be a trip. And I saw Becky Lynch actually trip somebody doing it. And I was like, that was the coolest move I've ever seen. I've never actually seen someone accomplish that. So going back to this, it was like, uh, this is our normal six man tag in wrestling. We kind of have an idea of what to expect and they turn into something else. And when it, like what I going to the whole production, the picture in picture aspect of this was just amazing because we were missing so much in that little window, but desperately trying to see like what yeah. was happening in the <laughs> ring, you know, which adds like, add, like the, the, the details become more vivid. Like everything becomes more intense when you're like, no, 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 I only have this small window. I can only look at this right now and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And even during the commercials, my wife was like, well, why she's like, what are they doing? Like, we want to see what's going on in the ring. And I'm like, you got to watch the ads. Like, I'm like, I want to, I want to know what's going on with the match. It's like, it's right there. You got to go, you got to, get out of your seat and go <laughs> put on a uh, put on a cardboard box over your head so you only can only see the match yeah it's such a cool way that the way they overall presented this like they, they knew where the focus would go to and then in the commercial breaks they had the little picture in picture like you're talking about and they didn't like go to wrestles like how you would have in wwe with this like they kept on having the, the pace of the match like there was a moment that apparently someone in the crowd threw a hot dog in the ring and chris jericho cut a promo about that so like i like how they treat this as a promotion as a production and it's something that i was worried about coming in tonight because there's just no way to predict how this was going to happen on live tv but i came away with this being i wouldn't necessarily see be say being blown away but coming away feeling like, like okay I don't feel like my time was wasted. There was interesting stuff. They've kind of turned things on their head a little bit. And I walked away going like, okay, so next Wednesday, I'm ready for eight o'clock. I'm ready for the show. And that's as much as I've wanted in wrestling in a long time. Yeah, that's that's sort of where I was at was like before. So what happened at the end of this was a huge angle where everybody ran out. And then Jake Hager or Jack Swagger (laughs) did the Lex Luger spot. He debuted tonight. Um, It wasn't punk, but. (laughs) <laughs> He's not coming, so I don't know who else you could get. Jack Swagger is fine. You know what I mean? And uh, it was a big angle where it seems like there was a heel unit formed with Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jack Swagger, and LAX. And uh, before the angle, I was like, ah, I don't feel like I have to watch this every week. Like, I didn't feel as though it was like that important to watch every week. But then when the angle happened... I was like, I gotta watch next week. I gotta know what happens next. So they did it. They won me. I'm, I'm in every totally week. Had a, totally had a WCW energy for that last segment where it's like, oh, it's all out of control. You guys got to tune in next week, next week to see what happens. We're all out Very of time. 
Yeah, I hope they get to do Tony Schiavone yelling "We're out of time" in the middle of a thing because uh, that was always the best thing that because they, they would go over too. They would be like overtime anyway, and he'd be like, "Oh my god, the satellite's going out. We're out of time." <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so uh, that's the end of the show, and uh, it was a good show. And I think I'm coming back next week, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, street yeah. fight to talk about wrestling with us. I I I like everything elite, and you should listen to it every week to get your elite news. Especially now that there's TV, they can actually like <laughs> cover things. Can we, do, can we get some final? Yeah. Can we get some final thoughts from our guests too? Yeah, yeah. What were your final thoughts, Nate? Yeah. Well, uh, again, thanks for you guys for having us on. Uh, it's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, this this mostly was just like very pleasantly watchable to me. It was kind of a culture shock to have like commercials in the middle of all my wrestling because I've Same. been away from watching like television wrestling for so long. But it, it it went by pretty quick. It wasn't like a three hour raw where I'm like dying by the end of it and like, oh my god, just ripped my eyes out of my head. So that's like pretty positive, and I think they have good stuff to build on moving forward. And and really, all I want out of this promotion is a real major league competitor basically wcw i just want wcw again and it seemed very wcw to me so that was great mike yeah again thank you all for having us on i it it's something that i find like with life that you kind of have to like narrow in on what you're interested in and for a long time i completely took the like united states wrestling off the map for me because i knew how wwe was and not even getting to their politics it just was not a product for me but like watching this tonight and sitting down at eight o'clock and just having my eyes glued to the screen and then looking at my watch and saying, Oh, it's 10 o'clock. All right. What this show's over and I'm not exhausted and hating life and wondering what I'm doing with this. And it just felt like, all right, this was not a complete like transcendent wrestling moment, but it felt like, okay, this is a show that I will watch every Wednesday and don't feel like my time's being wasted. And that was my big hope here was, okay. <coughs> I've watched these like big shows, what's going to be weekly. And if it's not going to be that way, what am I going to do? And what are we going to do for a podcast? But I came <laughs> away with this just going like, all right, cool. I can talk about this every week and I can watch this every week and don't feel like that. I'm just like dragging, like just dragging through the mud to watch it. So it was a blast, you know, and, and the way they've gone so far, and it's only the first TV. So we don't know what's going to happen with TV between pay-per-views, but with the pay-per-views and the TV, the way they've gone so far is that like, this is a promotion that I feel like I can sit down and talk about with people and like, try to figure out where they're going to go. And that's, that's like, it's funny because when you first start watching rest, when I first started watching wrestling again, I tried to do that with WWE, but there's like no logic there's no <laughs> internal logic so you're just like throwing things at the wall and trying to guess and it's pointless and this seems like something where we'll be able to like talk about different decisions and and guess what they're gonna do and that's really exciting to me yeah that's uh I, my my take sort of uh on the macro scale is that wrestling opinions are kind of fake like they're all kind of fundamentally silly but it's like good to have something that you can be social about in wrestling and not be like embarrassed by which <laughs> WWE mostly was. So yeah, I'd be um, sick if like I can talk to uh, a, a, an adult peer and be like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, Vince McMahon's uh, cucking television show. It's like just, you know, fake combat sports really. Yeah. Well, Thanks for ha thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. I uh, can't wait to watch more AEW, and you can find more Street Fight Radio at streetfightradio.com. Um, what's uh, it's just everything elite on all the podcasting platforms. Yeah, it's uh, everything elite on you know your podcasting app. Um, the direct show thing is redcircle.com slash shows slash everything dash elite. Probably easiest place to find us is Twitter. We are everything AEW on Twitter, uh, and we, you know, kind of try to keep up with that and retweeting newsworthy shit on there too. Their show is very fun, and uh, they haven't had much to talk about. Well, you've had a lot to talk about. It's a fun show. We love you guys. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah, yeah thank you guys very much. You're the best. Thanks again.